You're listening to the Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. This is indeed a frightening time for companies in South Africa, especially with the fact that government has extended relief. Um, these SMA, these SMME relief funds that have been extended are not just government funded, but also gov- funded by some seriously hard hitters in South Africa, including the Oppenheimer family, the Rupert family, and others. The sad thing is when one looks at these funding um, mechanisms that have been made available, the Rupert Fund, for example, has already come out through their business partner and stated that they have been oversubscribed and have now run out of funds in particular. Um, Of course, South Africa being South Africa, we're always afraid of fraud. We're always afraid of corruption. And I think a lot of us are realizing that if we want to get through this time, we need to do something ourselves. With that in mind, I decided to chat to Ronnie Kagan, who is an internationally recognized businessman. Ronnie ran 32 companies in eight countries under the umbrella of KEP, Kagan Educational Products, which he founded in 1987. He was also involved in listing three companies on the stock exchange, MAXX International Max, Save the World Air Incorporated, and World School. He was co-founder of a property development company, Investment Source, that did in excess of $1 billion turnover per annum and extending to the world of business and management consultancy. The drive for self-improvement and a commitment to contribute towards his global community has led Ronnie to develop businesses around the world. He's the author of an international bestseller, The Winning Way in Business, How to Win in Business, Make Money and Enjoy a Balanced Life, and is endorsed by Alan Pierce, Dr. John DiMartini, and has worked with Donald Trump, Tony Robbins, and several other internationally renowned global leaders. Ronnie's been invited to share his wisdom and personal experience with crowds of up to 10,000 people at a time. He's happily married to Sharon, has two sons, Brett, aged 28, and Bradley, aged 26. So after that auspicious welcome, um, Ronnie, welcome to the show. Uh, good day, Chad, and welcome to all of your uh, listeners out there. Ronnie, that's uh, an exceptionally impressive CV, and that's the whole purpose of, of having you on air today with us. Um, we have a lot of small and medium-sized business owners out there, and everybody's finding it difficult to to get through this time. They need to understand what's going on, and this is this is something that's unique. Firstly, your thoughts on the coronavirus. Secondly, your thoughts on small and medium-sized companies surviving this pandemic. Well, Chad, I think, you know, the Japanese have a saying that uh, opportunity and crisis are the exact same word. And I think that what happens in any business, especially at times like this where things are so difficult, is that people can either panic and become victims of their circumstances or they can actually decide to become victorious over their circumstances. And, um, you know, you read my intro, which is great. You also didn't tell them the rest of my intro. I've also been broke three times, married a couple of times and had a lot of failures in life. And I think that anybody who goes out there, especially in small business, and expects to succeed straight off the bat, I think they're deluded. We have to realize that it's only through our darkest moments and the most difficult times that we have that we dig deep down inside ourselves and then land up achieving things that we never, ever believed were possible before. So my thoughts on the virus is that it is what it is. We can sit here and discuss all the things that are out there on the social media about it being right, it being wrong, the government doing enough, not doing enough. I think at the end of the day, as small business owners, we need to take responsibility for ourselves. 
And just like now we're all, you know, at home, we can't get out, there's no social media, well, these social media, but there's no social uh, meeting. I think that this gives us the opportunity to be able to venture into our business and operate it from a very different area. So, you know, I'd like to start off, Chad, if I may, and just share a little story I heard many years ago and read it in a uh, called Acres of Diamonds. And this actually happened in the Kimberley area, and the South Africans would know where that is. And there was a man who owned a farm, and he wanted to start a diamond mine. He heard about all these people that were making so much money, um, you know, prospecting, delving for diamonds. And uh, he, he was unsuccessful, landed up going broke and sold his farm. But the man that he sold his farm to actually had the knowledge. He was a geologist, and he had the knowledge and the wisdom on what terrain to look for. And the man went out, found diamonds, and we know that the Kimberley Diamond area became one of the wealthiest diamond mines in the world. And the amazing thing about the story is that if you want to do something, you need to find someone where you can become a specialist in that area and learn how to duplicate success and then imply that to your own business so you don't have to reinvent the wheel yourself. So, um, you know, there's a couple of ways, Chad, that I've realized that as business owners that we need to do. And unfortunately, we, we've only got seven and a half hours today, so I can't go through all of them together. But, no jokes aside, you know, with the, with the short amount of time we've got together, there's a couple of areas that I'd like to share that, that I learned the hard way in business. Um, but before I go into that, do you have any questions or anything you want to ask me? Well, I'm looking forward to that. Are we going to be we're going to be chatting about these different things as we go go along through the show? But I think the most important um, aspect I've taken away from what you've said to us so far this morning is the fact that we should be using this opportunity for introspection and perhaps to tweak certain aspects of our business. Because I think for all of us, myself included, being a small business owner, I've seen the vulnerabilities of the business I'm in, and I've seen the shortcomings that have directly impacted on us during this crisis. And to give you an example, I have a, a, a friend um, who I won't name for obvious reasons. He owns a business that supplies the stuffing for mattresses, for pillows, etc., um, to companies that make couches. And he invoices out on a on a on a on a basis of giving his clients terms, but he pays his VAT on time every two months, even if he hasn't received that payment in advance from those particular clients because a lot of them have terms. As the crisis hit, he made his VAT payment at the at the end of February, only to then receive during March letters from clients that owed him money enforcing the force majeure clause. So he paid VAT out on money he hadn't yet received. Obviously, at a later stage, he'll be able to credit that and get monies back, but that was money he could have used at that time. And I think what he's learned from this is perhaps, like a lot of other business owners, is, you know, use the pro forma invoicing system rather than use the invoicing system, and you may not land up in a similar situation. So that's just one example I've seen come out of this. So am I correct in assuming that you're saying introspection is what we should be doing during the shutdown? 100%, Chad. And I think that there's a difference between, you know, self-preservation and being a martyr. 
And small business owners, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of, of someone who's out there playing cricket. I was actually listening to some personal development program yesterday, and they were talking about people who were, you know, cricket players. And they said the main thing, and this is uh, Adam Gilchrist, who, who's a world-famous cricket player, and uh, what they were saying, like cricket, it takes a long time to get back in front of the tumps, in front of the stumps. So, you know, you need to, in these difficult times, you need to survive and then when the market turns, you can thrive. But I think that if you want to get out there and you want to smash every single ball for a six and you get out you know, quickly, you're not going to be able to enjoy the benefits of standing in front of the stumps. And it could take weeks, months or years to get back in front of the stump again. So I think from small business perspectives, the most important thing that you have to do is self-preservation. You have to take action. You have to take action urgently, and your timing in running your business is, is, is essential. So, um, Chad, just two things, are, are two areas I'd like to cover. The first area is I want to talk about generating more business um, and how can we do that in these difficult times when we are at home. And the second thing I wanted to talk about is our cash flow and what most small businesses aren't aware of. And, and I wasn't aware of what you were going to say about your friend who paid his VAT and hadn't received the money. And um, that is actually part of one of the, the second part of the talk that I want to do. But um, is there anything you want to ask me before I launch into this? I think we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to launch straight into those two subjects. We're chatting to Ronnie Kagan about how you can save your business during this pandemic. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. Ronnie, sorry about that, but, uh, you know, we also have to pay the bills this side, which is why we have the ad breaks, and I was really enjoying listening to what you had to say. So there's two principles that you wanted to chat about. The floor is literally yours. Thanks, Chad. So let's start off with the first one, which is actually generating business. And I think that uh, in any small business, or in any business whatsoever, even, even in the government, but especially in small business, there's two sides to the business. There's bringing the money in the front door, and then there's stopping the money leaking out the back door. And often what happens is in business, many people will either have the problem of they're no good at bringing money in the door, but they're great at managing their money, or the opposite, where people are great at bringing money in the door and they don't manage it and it falls out, falls out the back door. And I think I've seen a lot of businesses that have gone broke, not only because they're struggling, but because they do too well. Now, that should hopefully be an, a different topic. We'll talk about it at another stage. But let's start off with seven ways to actually generate new business. Um, so I'm going to go quickly, and if anybody's got questions or anything, I know normally you'd have the help desk in front of you and you'd see questions that are coming in. If you've got questions, Chad, just stop me and go for it. So the first area I wanted to talk about in the seven ways to generate new business is unconverted leads. Now, unconverted leads, you know, these are people that may have walked through your door or been in touch with your business before, either physically or online, and they're sitting there, and all that you need to do is get back in touch with them and look at what they need from the products or services that you're offering. So what I'm saying is that you need to reconnect with people because in any business, no matter whether you're supplying glass, no matter whether you're doing online stuff, there are people that have come into contact with you and haven't done business. They were thinking about it. The time wasn't right, whatever. They were too busy, distracted in what they're doing. So the first area is I'd really recommend that every single small business has a small a C 
CRM, which is a customer relationship management system, so that you can collect and, and put together all the names and numbers and email addresses of people that ever come in touch with you. And that way you can get back in touch with them and say, look, you know, is this something that I can help you with? So you might want to say something along the lines of if you're phoning uh, Chad, say, hi, Chad, hope you and your family are all well at this crazy time. Just trying to tie up a few loose ends and wanted to know if you still wanted to, whatever your product or service is. So you're actually just being, no, no deception, nothing. You're just being straight out there with people. And I find that what I learned in sales, and, and I did sell life insurance for Liberty and for Southern Life many years ago and for Net Equity. And what they taught me is that the best salespeople were the people who actually asked for the order. Now, I don't know if some people think that it's bad, you know, you, you can't ask for an order because then you're going to seem pushy. If you're offering more in value than you're taking in cash, you are not doing a disservice to your customers. If your product and or your service works, then you should have all the confidence in the world to get out there and actually offer your product and or service to your customer base and ask for the order. So, so what I'm saying in this is it's really simple in business. Communicate with people and say, I'm just trying to type a few loose ends and wanted to know if you still wanted to buy the life insurance. If you still wanted to take out the medical aid. If you still wanted to upgrade your car. If you still wanted to get a new home. So ask people because, you know, what are you waiting for? You're waiting for people to contact you. Very, very few people are actually going to contact you. So that's the first area is look at tapping into your unconverted leads. The second area that you've got to cover is your past customers. Now, past customers, it's 10 times easier to sell someone that's already bought a product and or a service from you in the past than it is to find a new customer. And, and as we all heard the adage, but it actually exists, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So when you've sold someone a product or a service, are you phoning them up a week, 10 days, whatever the relevant time period is, after they've bought your product and you've got the money and said, hi, George, I just want to know, are you happy with the product or service? Hi, Chad, is there any way that I can help you to understand to use the product and the service effectively? Because I think in small business what happens is we've been so conditioned to get out there, get a sale, move on to the next person, get a sale, move on to the next person, that we forget that the gems that exist are the customers that we've got, that we've given them a good quality product, we've given them a good quality service, but we don't go back and check whether they're happy with the product or service. And two things will come out of this. Firstly, most people in small business do not contact their customers after the customers have left their shop or their office. They do not contact them. And if you can build up that relationship, you will find that that will give you an incredible business because the really successful businesses like High FM are done on word of mouth. People who I heard this great uh, conversation, have you tapped into it? Oh, they gave this amount of information. Really, really valuable. So if you go out there and you actually build a relationship with your past customers, then what you can do is, you, as I was saying to you, you can go back to people and say, look, it's been a while since we spoke. How are you and the family doing, Chad, at this crazy time? And just find out, say, look, I'd just like to ask you something. Is is there anybody that you know that I don't yet know that might be interested in my product or service? 
Now, this is really a powerful phrase. If you can, if you can take it, I'll repeat it again. Phone customers, and when you found out they're happy and they're getting the quality product and service, say, is there anybody you know that I don't yet know that might be interested in the product or service? And this way, you're giving people the opportunity to help you. And, and I'll come back to that in a moment, a bit further on, about how you can tap into that. So that's the first two. The third one is current clients. So you've got people that are current clients for you. Are you actually going back to them and looking if you can sell them something that they haven't bought before? If you have more than one product or service, and if people are happy with your product or service, then go back to them and look at trying to what we call in the business upsell them. And they'll be happy to spend their money with you. It's just like if you have a look, you know, we were driving behind uh, Discam and they'll do home deliveries for you. And, and we're driving behind Checkers and they'll do home delivery. Everybody's diversifying out of the business that they're in. So you can look at cross-selling them something. Also, another thing in small businesses is what about putting people onto a monthly annuity or a subscription business? Now, I know that you're going to take a break in two minutes' time, so I'll just go through these two quickly, and then we'll cover the next lot when we come back. But the first lot on a monthly annuity, if you in the typewriter business, and I'm using that as an example, as we all know, typewriters is not a very good business to be in at this moment. But if you're in the typewriter business and you do typewriter repairs, most typewriter repair businesses wait for a business to get a phone call to say, my typewriter is broken, can you come in and fix it? But if you're in the typewriter business, you can be proactive and you can put your people onto a monthly annuity or put them onto a subscription business where you say to them, look, this could be done with printers. I've got a friend of mine in Australia and, and he does this with his printing business. Go to people and if you know that the average cost to fix a printer is going to be 500 rand and you know that the person's going to get an average of one phone call a year, what you do is you go to people and say, look, how would you like to go on to our monthly annuity or our monthly um, subscription business where you pay me 60 rand a month and if you ever have a call out, then we will come out and do it for you at no additional cost. Now, what this does is twofold. Firstly, it locks business in that you otherwise wouldn't have. And what I mean by that is if someone's already paying you a monthly annuity fee and their uh, printer breaks down, they're going to phone you. They're not going to go online and look for someone else to do. Secondly, it's also going to give your business cash flow because if you've got a 100 people that are each giving you 60 rand a month, it's giving you 6,000 rand a month that you can actually use to cash flow your business. I'm going to stop there for a second because well, I know you've got to go pay the rent. We do. And, Ronnie, I must be honest with you, those tips are already helpful. I'm taking away from this that unconverted leads – is a massive opportunity. Keeping in contact with existing clients, communicating with clients and finding out if they know people that need assistance is, of course, exceptionally important. Upselling your existing clients is important. And, of course, your final point about diversification, exceptionally important. We're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. Quite strange because I'm beginning to forget what day is what. So when the weekend comes around, it seems like just every other day. This shutdown, we need to keep busy. We need to keep a routine. It's so very, very important because we can't come back after the shutdown and uh, not be ready and willing to jump straight back in 
and and start fighting the fight to to keep our businesses alive. Talking about uh, keeping people alive, you can make a difference during the COVID-19 pandemic with Discam. Your Discam benefit points can now go towards supporting the Independent Solidarity Fund set up by the President. Discam is matching rand for rand all point donations and will kickstart it with an upfront 2 million rand. Money's raised will go towards saving lives and assisting people in need. Donate now by converting your points via the Discam app or website. Together we are stronger. Together we can overcome the pandemic. Discam, pharmacists who care. We're chatting to Ronnie Kagan today about how you can increase sales in your small business, how you can use this period of introspection during this lockdown to be able to come up with ideas. And he's given us some great ideas. And if you want to download the podcast, the recording will be uploaded tomorrow and you can share this with friends. But without holding up uh, Ronnie, I'm going to let him carry on with those tips. And then a little bit later in the show, I want to chat to you guys more about a wonderful initiative that Ronnie's giving our listeners specifically regarding his book. Thanks, Chad. And uh, you were saying we have to know when the weekend ends and get back into the working week. A friend of mine, Errol Shapiro, shared something with me the other day. He said, remember when we wished the weekends could be longer? And I think it puts a different perspective on that. So let's get back into then the fourth area is marketing partnerships. And the marketing partnerships is who else is selling to the same customer that I use? In other words, uh, you know, if you've got two companies that share the same customer base, but they're not competitors, then you've got the potential for a wonderful partnership. And, uh, you know, I'm always reminded of this is imagine that we, uh, someone I know that I used to learn from many years ago, Sharon Cross, she said to me that imagine you're all sitting in a rowing boat and you're trying to row across the river. If only the left or rows, you're going to turn one way. If only the right or rows, you're going to turn the other way. In order to cross the, the river, you have to row with both oars. And so we become more powerful and more successful when we find people that are supplying a different product and or service to the same customer that we use. So, for example, if you go out there and you supply, let's say, printers, I was talking about that earlier, who else would be involved in maybe supplying paper? Because you know that the guy who's got a printer is going to use paper. The guy who's using a printer is going to use ink. So what you do is you go out and you say, right, so I'm in the, in the printer repair business, but who do I know that actually sells paper? Who do I know that sells ink? And so you contact those people and you create a business relationship with them where you say, look, what we'll do is this. If you're prepared to introduce me to every one of your customers that buys ink and paper from you, I will contact all my customers and tell them that they can buy their ink and paper from you. So that it becomes a win-win situation. And that can be done in one of two ways. Either you can become a distributor, like a drop zone for those people that are supplying the ink or paper. So, Chad, you phone me and you tell me, Ronnie, I needed to get some paper. I don't have to get a storeroom and start storing the paper and get involved in distribution. I go to a paper distributor and I open up an account with them and I say to them, great, because I'm going to be buying in bulk, I want to get a better deal. I mean, this is, you talk about Discam being a powerful organization. I'm sure they do the same thing. They go to their suppliers and they say, we're going to buy a million bottles of hand sanitizer. Please give us a better deal than the guy who comes in to buy 10. 
And suppliers will do that because they want to generate the business. So look at, at, at the fourth point I was talking about of marketing partnerships is to what other companies are supplying to your customer, but it's a different product or service. The next area is I want to look at is, is uh, Facebook marketing. And especially at times like this where everybody's locked in at home, get involved in doing Facebook marketing. Now, you may not know much about Facebook marketing, and what I've learned is that to go out there and try and reinvent the wheel yourself, you're probably not going to live long enough to learn everything yourself. So find people that are specialists. And this is what I learned. I didn't become successful in business because I'm smart. Quite the opposite. I failed many, many times. But when I started learning from other people that were already successful, I learned the difference between between wholesale and retail experience. When you go out there and you make the mistake, you're paying retail for your lesson. But when you go out to people that have already mastered the art, you're paying uh, Mark Said, who, who does phenomenal work involved in doing face, Facebook marketing. Uh, and you know, he goes out there and he says, you know that, that at the moment, Facebook marketing is down by 39%. This is, this is what I researched myself online. Facebook marketing is down 39% because many people have pulled back on their, on their marketing campaigns because people tend to panic. And what that does is it actually makes it easier for the average person out there who wants to get ahead when you can reduce your costs of marketing by 39% and get out into a market which isn't there. I know that uh, that I've used Mike. I found, I've known him for many, many years, uh, Mike Said, and, and he was absolutely brilliant. So um, any questions so far, Chad? Yeah, yeah hi. I'm, I think with the, with the social media marketing, you made such a valid point because so many people are now going back to Facebook. They may have started an account two, three years ago, maybe 10 years ago when it became fashionable to keep in touch with friends overseas, but they got bored with it and perhaps they weren't using it. Now, if you look at social media, everybody's on it, trying to stay in touch, bringing up memories. I belong to a group called the Hillbrow Survivor Group. All of us guys that grew up in Hillbrow and used to join in Hillbrow, a member of that group. And people are going through their photo albums. They're taking photos. They're uploading it. So what you said is critical and makes so much sense. Advertising is down on Facebook, yet the use is up because people are using it during this lockdown to catch up with friends. So that, to me, is exceptionally valuable. Going to take a break. We're going to be back with Ronnie Kagan straight after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. You're listening to Confidential Brief live in Johannesburg on 101.9 FM, streaming worldwide on your smartphone or on the High FM website. I'd like to apologize if there's been any glitches. As you know, this is now... Our fourth week of broadcasting remotely, which means my guest is remote, I'm remote, the studio is remote. And, of course, a big thank you to those that do go into the studio due to media being an essential service, and that's our newsreaders, my studio engineer, Craig Guthrie, and, of course, DJ Flo, who assists with setting everything up. Ronnie, let's carry on with those tips because I must be honest, I'm feeling invigorated. I'm feeling energized. I woke up a bit depressed today thinking about the state of our economy but listening to you reminding us of these of these tips has put me into a position where I'm feeling to myself, if lockdown ends, 
there's a great opportunity there for all of us. Thanks, Chad. So getting back onto the sixth area of generating leads is tapping into things like YouTube and LinkedIn. And uh, if you, you know, the more senses we engage someone in, the greater the likelihood of them emotionally making a decision. And as we know, every decision is made emotionally, and then it's backed up with logic. So, you know, if you've got hold of people like, let's say, Mike uh, said what? That's the guy, Mike said, that I was talking about. He actually produces small 30-second clips. And I'm sure there's lots of people who do that, um, who produce 30-second clips that will get your business idea or your concept in front of the right market. And they'll see far more in that 30 seconds than you can explain in maybe three minutes of writing. The next area I want to go into because we're running out of time is ask people for help. And, and you'll be surprised that if you actually go out there and you ask people to help you, the amount of people that will bend over backwards, all you've got to do is ask. Just be humble, put your pride in your pocket, get out there and ask for help. But I know, Chad, that we've only got a few minutes left, so let me get on to the cash flow side of small businesses. And you, you mentioned this earlier on, and, and I'd already put it into the little bit I was going to share with the guys. But if you're running a small business, you need to have – a profit and loss pro forma. You need to know what it is you're actually striving for. And you need to urgently build a cash flow forecast. And what I mean by that is that you need to put in together a cash flow forecast so that you can see what happens if I have a 20% reduction in turnover. What happens if my collections decrease by 50%? How long will I be able to survive in business for? And this is where it's really critical. As a small business owner, you may have one, two, or three employees. <coughs> Obviously, it's important to look after them, but they also need to understand that the business needs to be able to make money to pay them. So that's critical. So put together a cash flow forecast. It's not something that I can cover now, but I just want to say so many small businesses that I've seen, if you ask them how much does it cost you to actually live, how much does it cost you to run their business, they've got no idea. And so one of the things I've always done for the last 40 years is I've actually had a monthly cash flow for myself. I earn 10,000 rand a year. My rent is costing me 2,000 a year. My car's costing me 1,000 a year. And live within your means. Because a big problem in small business is that when things were going well, people made a lot of money. They would go fancy holidays. They would buy fancy cars that they couldn't exist to keep going if the crunch happens. And unfortunately, some of them will get caught uh, a little bit short on that. So, you know, if you need to sell your car, if you need to downgrade where you live in order to keep your business cash flow positive, do it. There's, don't worry about pride. Pride is about getting out there and succeeding. So make sure that you also understand what it actually is going to take when you, for you to break even in your business so you can cover your costs. You need to look at your expense items. So start with your biggest items. And what do you see something? Is it urgent or is it just important? Often we think things are urgent, like, but it's not really. Like I'm on the phone. I'm not, my phone is off right now because I'm chatting to you. If the phone was on and I took a phone call, then I'm ignoring the important part of dealing with you guys and I'm losing focus of where I'm at. So make sure in small business that you actually know what's urgent, what's important. Like you mentioned, it's important to pay the receiver of revenue, but it's not urgent to pay him at a time like now. So as you were saying, make sure that you structure your business and speak to accountants. 
structure your business to the extent that your business is working for you and you're not working for your business. You also need to know, Chad, what are the terms of your business? You know, how are you going to get paid rather than what are you doing to get paid? And what I mean by that is when you're actually going out there and you're getting new business or you're dealing with existing customers, make sure that they understand and everybody in your business understands that collecting the money for the product or service is as crucial as getting people signed up in the first place. So, you know, if you're going to go out there and you're running a business, make sure that you get a large payment in cash or whatever transfer up front if you're going to be offering a product. Because you can't afford to go out there as a small business, buy a 100 pairs of shoes, deliver them to a customer, and then the customer doesn't pay you for whatever the story is, not only if you lost the profit, but you've lost the cost of that hundred uh, pairs of shoes that you've bought. So really, really make sure that you have enforced discipline with all of your staff and be proactive about getting in payments. You know, and you need to also understand what happens next if they don't pay you. You know, you, you can't wait for people not to pay you. You have to be proactive. So one of the things that I've done in, in one of my businesses, and, and unfortunately I don't have a lot of time left, but one of the things I did in my business was I said, if you wanted to buy a pair of shoes from me, it was going to cost you a hundred rand and you pay the hundred rand in the, by the end of the month. If, however, you pay me within seven days, I will give you a 20% discount. So in other words, what's happening is I'm saying to people that I want to reward those people that are paying me timelessly. And those people that are not and are going to take a longer time to pay, then you can't charge them interest for paying you late. Well, I suppose you can, but you don't need to worry about that. You don't have to worry about charging them interest if they're paying you late, but you can give them a discount and reward them if they pay you early. Another thing also is make sure as a small business owner that you keep your, your suppliers happy. So in other words, if you've got issues in your own small business, go to your suppliers and say, listen, guys, I've run into a bit of a problem over here. Don't tell them I'm not paying you anything. You owe the guy a thousand rand. Sit down and say to him, look, I'm really stuck at the moment. Are you okay if I pay you a hundred rand now and a hundred rand next Thursday and a hundred rand in two weeks time? And if you sit down with your suppliers, they will appreciate the fact that you're not hiding away from them. You'll build a relationship. You'll build credibility with them, which is always a huge advantage. And what will happen is that you are taking responsibility for ensuring that your suppliers can stay in business. Um, Rodney, I've no- I'm, I'm one of those, I'm one of those old fashioned people that love a piece of paper between my hands. Um, I'm still finding it difficult to migrate to Kindle. And the reason I'm telling you and our listeners that is because you very kindly have made some free copies of your book available to our listeners. And our listeners are going to be able to get a copy of that book if they inbox us on our Confidential Brief Radio Show Facebook page. So in closing, tell us a little bit about why you decided to write this book and what our listeners will be able to get out of this book. Sure. So you're more than welcome. And, and yes, I'm, I'm going to contribute 36,000 rands worth of material to your readers. Uh, the reason why I put this together is that I've failed so many times in life. And I noticed that I wasn't making a mistake once or making the mistake twice. I was making the same mistake three or four or five times. 
And I joke about it and said, yes, I was making the mistake so many times just to, you know, prove that it was a mistake. But I decided to write, this is one of my international best-selling books, and I decided to write the book because I wanted to share with people how they can master the art of delegation and effective time management. And it's something that you need to read so that you can apply it into your life. I wanted to share with people how they can become rich both in time as well in money. Because it's no good having all the money in the world and you've got no time, just like having all the time and no money doesn't work. I want you to share with people how to overcome cash flow issues. I want you to show them why some businesses succeed but many more fail. And I want you to share with them also how they can motivate their staff so that they can enjoy coming to work. And also how to eliminate conflict and resolve pressure both at home and at work. So I wrote this book after the book, you know, took me about three months to write. And someone said, wow, how would you get it done in three months? And I said, well, it was 30 years of mistakes that I then put into three months of putting it down to paper. So I'm happy to contribute towards the High FM community, um, help people get ahead. And if there's anything else that I can do, Chad, please just let me know. Well, Ronnie, thank you so much. Those books will be available to our listeners. Um, it's obviously on a first-come, first-served um, basis. How many books have you made available, Ronnie? So I've made 120 books available. So there's 120 books out there. It's hard copy. It's paper between your fingers. If you want to get a copy of that book, you can contact us via Confidential Brief Radio Show on Facebook. Just send us a direct message. We'll make sure that we get that book to you. And, Ronnie, is there any other way that uh, the public can get hold of you? Is there a website? Is there perhaps an email address? Well, Chad, um, I do have an email address, uh, ronniekagan at gmail.com. That's R-O-N-N-I-E-K-A-G-A-N at gmail.com. Um, I've also got a, a website, but from my Australian business, thementorclub.com.au. So it's the, M-E-N-T-O-R, thementorclub.com.au. And uh, there's some, a lot of helpful information on there that if people want to tap into it, only with pleasure to help them get ahead. And I just wanted to say, Chad, before we head off that, you know, it's your commitment to your global community that makes such a huge difference. And I don't know if people have enough gratitude and appreciation for the huge difference that you make, that Chaifen makes, by actually being out there for the community with an attitude of what can I give rather than what can I get. It's totally unselfish. I love being associated with you, you guys, and I just want to say once again, Thank you and call like a vote for everything that you're doing. Well, Ronnie, we thank you for that and we thank you for those books. I'm sure our listeners are looking forward to it. I myself um, am going to be reading it for sure because today's tips um, resonated with me. As a small business owner, I needed to have that reassurance that there are ways and means that we can overcome this. So, guys, Ronnie Kagan, you can find him on all social media, um, R-O-N-N-I-E, Kagan, K-A-G-A-N. And do, do make, do take advantage. Let us know. Grab a copy of the book. Let us know what you think of the book. And we're definitely going to have Ronnie back on the show as soon as this crisis is over. Ronnie, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Chad. And thanks to your listeners and have a magic day.